Hello and welcome to the Talking Food with Bid Food podcast. I'm Janglis and for this episode we're talking about the new government legislation for calorie labelling coming our way this year. This new law is going to cause a big impact on the food service so we thought this was a good opportunity to break down the details of the law to help you understand all the ways that this will impact your offer. We'll also be discussing the resources we have to support you to mitigate any disruption it may cause for you. To discuss what this new law will mean for you, our guest for the episode is Samantha Mollart. Samantha is our Nutrition and Allergen Manager at Bidfood. Also to co-host this episode, I'm lucky to be joined by Senior PR and External Communications Manager, Natalie Bantz. Welcome back to the podcast, Natalie. Thanks, Jay. No problem at all. So before we start, for those who missed our Natasha's Law podcast, which you joined me on, can you tell the audience a bit about your role at Bidfood? Of course. So I'm the Senior PR and External Communications Manager at Bibfood, and my role is essentially gatekeeper of external communications. So protecting, maintaining and enhancing the reputation of our business through interesting, on-trend and timely content, as well as creative and exciting campaigns. Perfect. Thank you. Now on to this episode's subject. Please, can you start things off with a bit of an overview of what the new law is and when it will be implemented? Well, I'll leave the detail to our expert guest, but essentially, as of the 6th of April, new legislation will come into effect in England and it will require large businesses, so um, those with more than 250 employees in the out-of-home sector to have mandatory calorie labelling of products on menus, meaning they will need to provide accurate calorie information for food and drink items on printed and online menus or at point of choice. Thank you, Natalie. Well, it seems like we've got loads to cover for this, so let's welcome Sam on. So we're now joined by Samantha Moller. Welcome to the podcast again. Hello, thanks for having me on again. No problem at all. So I, I really should say that the last time you were with us, you were Samantha Elliott. So first things I need to say is congratulations on your marriage. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. So it's obviously great news. But um, for anyone who is listening to an episode with you on it for the first time, can you please share a bit about what your role is with Bidfeed? Yes, of course. So I'm the nutrition and allergen manager at Bidfood and uh, I work within our technical team and I'm responsible for our approach to nutrition and allergens within the business, which includes our policies and code of practices. And as a result, I advise the business when there is a change in legislation around these topics that impacts the out of home sector. And I'll make recommendations to support the business and our customers with it. Perfect. Thank you, Sam. So back on to this episode's subject. Can you summarise who and what is in scope with the new calorie labelling law? Yes, of course. So this is quite a complex and extensive list once you start going into detail. But in summary, any large food business with more than 250 employees where their outlets have food or drink prepared in a way that means it is ready for immediate consumption on or off the premises will need to provide calorie labeling at the point of choice. So this includes business-wise restaurants, fast food outlets, cafes, home delivery services, third-party apps uh, selling food that is in scope, cafes and takeaways within larger shops, entertainment places such as cinemas, domestic transport businesses including planes and uh, trains, ferries that are traveling just within the UK, 
And franchises too will fall in scope, but only where there is a common food offering uh, mandated across the franchise network. Then we have contract catering and mass catering, where food at an establishment is provided by another organization with 250 employees or more. So this could be anything like educational institutions for those over 18 years old, military establishments, criminal justice accommodation, hospitals. And obviously there are exceptions to this as well, which include in-house catering, not provided by another organization uh, that doesn't have more than 250 employees. And also there are foods for particular audiences um, that are exempt too. So this would be like food that is provided by a charity in the course of a charitable activity, food that is provided in educational institution for pupils below the age of 18, food provided to patients at hospitals or other medical establishments, or to residents of a care home or other so social care institutions, and food served by the armed forces to a member of the armed forces outside a military canteen. So that's the, the businesses essentially that are in out of scope. And as for the types of food in scope, it is for food and drink offered for sale in a form which is suitable for immediate consumption on or off the premises and is not pre-packed um, as this already have calorie information uh, available on the packaging. Again, there are exemptions to this, which include unprocessed single ingredients like fruit, vegetables and nuts, provided that they are not added to anything. So an apple does not need to be labelled, but a fruit pot salad, which has been prepared, will need to be. Meats, cheeses, fish, bread and baguettes um, on their own also don't need to have calorie labelling. But if you make a sandwich, for example, with these foods, then they will be. And also... Alcoholic drinks over 1.2% are excluded and condiments which are provided to the consumer for them to add um, after the food has been served also does not need to be labelled. Also, this is only for foods that are on the menu for more than 30 days of the year. This is to provide flexibility for the menus to allow temporary specials like seasonal foods. And this will also help businesses to minimise food waste and compensate for substitutions. And any food that are made to the consumer's request and not part of the menu offering does not need to have calorie labelling either. So you've heard it's quite an extensive um, list. So I definitely advise businesses to look at the implementation guidance and identify um, if they are in scope and their foods are too. Why is it that the law is being implemented and what are the benefits of it being introduced? So. This new legislation has been introduced as a branch of the government's childhood obesity plan, which aims to halve obesity levels by 2030. In addition to this uh, government ambition, there has been a greater drive to improve the nation's weight due to the evidence to the link of increased risk from COVID-19 as living with excess weight puts people at a greater risk of serious illness and death from COVID, with risk growing substantially as the BMI increases. The hope from making the calorie information readily available at the point of choice is to make it clearer to consumers what calories they are having in one meal occasion. By doing this, the aim is to make informed and healthier food choices an easier option to pick when eating out. 
This is seen to be increasingly more important as purchasing food in the out-of-home sector has shifted from being that occasional treat to a more regular habit for many people. Even with the impact of COVID, we are seeing regular eating out of home habits, with this being diversified in recent years with takeaway and home deliveries through platforms such as Deliveroo and Uber Eats. In the retail environment, it is already compulsory for calorie information of a food to be displayed on the back of packaging so that a consumer can use this information to make an informed decision. And this legislation is a strategy to equalise the information when you eat out. And just to note, this is part of the government's strategy to reduce obesity levels. There are many other pieces of regulatory and voluntary initiatives that are looking at shifting the food environment and the eating habits of the nation. That's great. Thank you, Sam. So what is the feeling within the industry ahead of the calorie labelling law being introduced? I think, as can be expected, there is a lot of apprehension around this change. As with any new regulatory requirements, there is a lot of effort being put into understanding the businesses and the food that may fall into scope, and then working to implement the requirements for each type of business. There will be a lot of questions that businesses will be asking and then trying to address, like how will food be analysed and how often will this need to be checked? How will calorie information from their supply chain be shared? when will product information be updated and how will they know if the nutrition information for their food is changed plus questions around where should this information be shared this will require changes by physical menus boards online ordering platforms anywhere where there is a point of choice for the consumer plus there are concerns how this may actually be enforced by primary authorities also businesses will not yet know the impact that sharing this information will have on consumer purchasing, if any. Will this see a change in the types of food they buy from that business or will consumers look to other businesses to buy their foods from? It will take time after the rollout to gauge the impact to their business and see if any adaptations need to be made to the menus as a result. It's yet another thing for operators to consider at the moment, isn't it? But I know you've touched upon um, some of it, but what do you believe to be the biggest hurdles for businesses? I think this will vary from business to business. Third party apps requiring calorie information from food businesses to place on the websites will definitely face different challenges to others, as an example. But I think there are some common themes that all of them will be sharing. There are concerns around how to calculate the calorie information per dish, how will enforcement play out, and how will calorie information be maintained and updated across the supply chain. So firstly, the calorie information that businesses will be receiving from the suppliers like bid food will be for food as sold. So if we take potatoes as an example, We will have the calorie information for the raw potato, but one business may turn these into chips that they deep fry and another will go on to bake them. Now, these two methods of cooking will have very different calorific values and it will be challenging without testing the food to estimate things like the oil uptake per cooking process. Now, there is a 20% tolerance being permitted, so the calorie value that has been estimated for the dish does not have to be exact. 
but there are a lot of variables that can skew the final calculated value, like the cooking process as discussed, and also down to the server being potentially too generous with their chip serving that day. This leads into the concerns around how will this be enforced? So local authorities have discretion in how they enforce the regulations, but enforcement officers should consider factors that may influence the accuracy of calorie information. They are expected to take into account uh, the method used by the business to generate the calorie information, and they should give due consideration to the constraints and variability caused by the different approaches, but it is not yet known the approach by each local authority, which is understandably will be a cause for concern. Finally, data management across the supply chain is integral. It isn't the calorie information that has been placed on the back of packaging that will be used to estimate the calories for a final recipe. Manufacturers will be submitting this information electronically too to be shared to wholesalers like bed food. And then we shall share this information with our customers or to third party recipe solutions that our customers use. So it is important that when the calorie information for a product changes, the manufacturer not only change the information on the packaging, but they update the data for their product too with their customers. And then the rest of the supply chain also needs to manage and update this information too. Thank you for sharing such great information there. Next up, we'll talk about advice and support available to help ease any challenges caused by the new legislation. Welcome back to the podcast. So Sam, what advice would you give to those who are impacted by these changes we've discussed in this episode? Firstly, I'd speak to your primary authorities. They will be enforcing this, so it's beneficial to have a dialogue with them early on to identify if you're meeting their expectations. Also speak to your suppliers, ask them how they are sharing um, and managing nutrition information and if they have any useful tools to support your business. And finally, if possible, implement this in advance to ensure any glitches are smoothed out before the 6th of April. There are some things that may not be picked up until calorie labelling is actually put into practice. Thanks, Sam. And we've spoken about advice, but what are the government actually doing to help and support the industry? This is yet another legislation to hit us. Mm. Yes, so... Last September, the government issued their implementation guidance for calorie labelling in the out-of-home sector. This guidance is to assist businesses that are impacted by the regulations in understanding and applying to their business. Uh, It has detailed information on businesses and foods that are in and out of scope, some of it we have already discussed today, and also how to display the information and information about how this will be enforced too. Additionally, in Annex C of the guidance, um, it provides calorie labelling illustrations. So examples of different ways calorie information could be displayed to the consumer on different site setups and food type offerings, whether that's buffets or the online platforms for takeaways or restaurant physical menus, um, just as a few of the examples. Plus, there is also information on the government's reduction and reformulation programme and tips for how to create a healthier menu. 
you mentioned earlier about like portion control and things like that is going to be impacted and you have the sort of range that you can sit within but one of the key challenges at the moment is around like skill and staff shortages do you think this is going to be an additional process that is, is another challenge adding on to all the things that are going on at the moment uh yes i do think it it will be it, it will require additional resources um I suppose it depends on how each site will be managing the, the calorie labelling. So if uh, it's uh, on their set menus, it might come from something like headquarters um, and it's just uh, the recipes that the each site needs to still manage as their own. Um, however, if you're looking at products um, that maybe already have to comply with Natasha's law and being pre-packed for direct sale, they might have the calorie labeling also printed onto that packaging that day as well. So there may be um, additional resources required on each site to be able to manage that. Um, and I think also there will have to be some training, like you say, around portion control. So making sure that the people providing and serving the food are actually serving um, the scoop amount that they're meant to be or cutting the cake to the right size so that there is that level of compliance with the calorie information that they're providing. That's brilliant. Thank you, Sam. So I'll wrap things up there. But before I do, I just want to say thank you for joining us for this episode. No, thank you. Thanks for having me again. So Natalie, thank you as also for joining us as the co-host for this one. No worries. But before you go, can you let the audience know a bit about the various tools and support Bidfood have to offer to support customers with this new law? Absolutely. So we've got some great support tools available, um, such as our calorie labelling guide. And this can be found on our website. It includes a number of important elements, such as breaking down the legislation and identifying which businesses fall in and out of scope. At Bib Food, we're all about making lives easier and helping our customers grow. And My Recipes, which is available via Bib Food Direct, automatically calculates the calorie content of your recipes based on the ingredients. There are more exciting developments coming out in April, so check out the calorie labelling guide on our website for all the details about that. Brilliant. Thank you, Natalie. No worries. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Talking Food with Bid Food podcast. All the resources and support we've talked about in this episode can be found through the links in our show notes. The calorie labelling law isn't the only law coming out in April this year that you need to be aware of though. There will also be a new plastic tax coming our way which will also impact how you operate. The good news is we have support on this coming out very soon so make sure you look out for that too. If you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure you follow our series on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts on so you can be the first to hear our latest episodes. Thank you all for listening and until next time, goodbye.